0: Hello, Ulan kodichiwa. Hi, I'm your host, Daniel Gumby Freeland, and this is The Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. And of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend, UFC 274, live from Phoenix, Arizona, an exciting main event and co-main event, both for the titles, lightweight titles up for grabs, strawweight titles up for grabs. It is going to be absolutely exciting. Plus, we got Michael Chandler versus Tony Ferguson. But as you guys know, those of you who frequent the show at least know, we will not be breaking down that fight or any of the other fights on this main card because this is the prelim primer where we only break down the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who uh, are not new to the show and you are new to the show rather and are wondering why just the prelims, why not break down the exciting main card action, the answer is really simple. The answer is we know you know who these main card fighters are. We know you know who Michael Chandler is, Tony Ferguson, Rose Namajunas, all that. But you probably don't know who a lot of these prelim fighters are, and that's where there's a lot of money to be made, whether you're gambling or playing daily fantasy sports or, hey, maybe you just want to win a pickup contest. So before we get to all of that action, I do have to let you know that this episode of The Prelim Primer is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, jiu jujitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions right there on the app. Keep it all in one nice, neat spot and do so much more, which I'll tell you a little bit about about later on in the show but for now let's get to breaking down these fights uh so usually i this is where i introduce my co-host but unfortunately this weekend we were out of time and unable to book a co-host so today i'm flying solo i'm breaking down these fights for you but uh just like as if i had a co-host i would start each and every round by putting five minutes on the clock and we're gonna start this round by talking about randy brown versus chaos williams so brown is on a two-fight winning streak he'd be Cowboy Oliveira, as well as Jared Gordon, the latter of which was by unanimous decision back in October. Chaos Williams also won the two-fight winning streak. He beat Matthew Samelisberger and Miguel Baeza, the latter of which was by knockout only back in November, so just a few months ago. Now, the interesting facet of this fight for me is whether or not Randy Brown's going to use enough wrestling to sort of neutralize that big, heavy punching power of Chaos Williams my gut instinct is he probably won't he's probably gonna strike too long or chaos will be able to stuff enough those takedown attempts because despite the fact that chaos had a little bit of trouble with the takedown attempts against michelle Pereira, i really do think he does enough to keep his feet and he is pretty good at takedown defense are there holes especially when he's going to face the better grapplers in the welterweight division absolutely but not enough that i'm seriously concerned against randy brown so I think on the feet he takes it, I think he's a little craftier. I think if he uses a little bit of his own wrestling to sort of scare Randy Brown into, you know, thinking he's a multifaceted fighter, I, I think he'll have some success. So I'm going to go Chaos Williams here. I'm even going to say he gets it done with a knockout because he's got those big, heavy hands. And that brings me to my second fight, which is Macy Chason versus Norma Dumont. Chason snapped her two-fight winning streak last time out with a loss to Raquel Pennington by guillotine joke. Dumont, meanwhile, lost her debut and has since won three straight fights, including a headliner Against Aspen Ladd by unanimous decision back in October, although albeit that was a very lackluster decision on, on both fighters' side. Aspen Ladd looked like pretty much she didn't want to fight in that fight. So uh, for me, the interesting facet of this fight is the reach of Macy Chason and whether or not she's able to use it. Um, against Raquel Pennington, didn't work out so well for her. Raquel Pennington did a good job of crowding her, getting in her space, forcing her to get a little gritty. Um, and that's why Raquel Pennington picked up that guillotine choke, right? It's because she was in her face the whole time. Whereas Norma Dumont, I'm not sure she's that good at that. I mean, she's got the leg kicks that she works and, and works with range, but if she throws leg kicks against Macy Chason regularly, I think Chason's going to come over the top, punish her with that right hand. Uh, I, I actually think Macy Chason is good enough in the clinch to avoid takedowns from Norma Dumont, um, at least, you know, frequent enough takedowns or she's going to get back up if she gets taken down, so... Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Macy Chasson in this one. I think she probably gets it done by decision just because neither of these two, you know, particularly expecting too many finishes. But, you know, Macy Chasson, if she follows the blueprint of Megan Anderson, who knocked Norma dumont stiff, like, yeah, I think she'll be fine in this one. And that brings me to my third fight, which is Brandon Royval versus Matt Schnell. So, Royval, after a small little losing skid, he bounced back with a big win over Rogerio Bontorin by split decision. That was only back in this past January. Matt Danger, Schnell, meanwhile, has alternated wins and losses in his last four fights, lost to Rogerio Bontarin by unanimous decision his last time out, but that was all the way back in May 2011, so he's been away for about a whole year. Big question here is whether or not Matt Schnell tries to grapple, um, and the reason I say that is because Matt Schnell has kind of fallen in love with his hands. He, he's since working with Fortis MMA, he's really liked his boxing and leaned on his boxing a little bit more. I think he is far and really by far an inferior striker to Brandon Royval. Royval is an excellent striker. I think he's probably one of the best, like, pure strikers in this division. And when he stings people, he goes for the sub. So, uh, you know, like I, I think ultimately he's going to have a huge advantage on the feet here. And if Matt Schnell chooses to grapple early in this fight, you actually might see him with a little bit of top control time and, and some success. But if he waits until the the striking's not going well for him, I think he's going to run into some huge problems, particularly if he's stunned, you know, doing that like panic takedown attempt. Roval thrives on that. So uh, for all of the reasons I just mentioned, I'm going to go with Brandon Roval here. I see he gets a stoppage. I'm going to say he gets it by a sub when, when Schnell does exactly what I just said. He he panic grapples. And that brings me to that last fight in the first round, which is Blagoje Ivanov versus Marcos Rogério de Lima. Back-to-back losses for Ivanov, for Derek Lewis and Augusto Sakai. Although both of those were split decisions it has been since May 2020 since we've seen him. So that's been about two years off for Ivanov. Delima, meanwhile, back-to-back wins. He's beaten Maurice Green and Ben Rothwell. He tko would Rothwell back in November. I, I mean, I, the real big thing with this is, like, who is Ivanov, right? Because he looks so good back in PFL. And in addition to that, like, he, he's a guy who... And his UFC stint, has looked good as well, right? Like a split decision loss to Derek Lewis is nothing to to shake your fist at, right? Like he, he should be proud of that kind of result. Um, And, and similarly with Augusto Sakai, who's a, a tough out, you know, like that, that's nothing to be ashamed of either, but two years away. So we really got to ask what he is. And, and for me, I still think he's tough enough to beat Rogerio De Lima. I also worry that De Lima, you know, from a, a betting perspective side on De Lima, if De Lima is going to get some success on the feet, I think he empties the tank here, which is a bad move against Ivanov. Derek Lewis couldn't get him out of there. Marcos Rogerio De Lima is not going to get him out of there. So I'm going to say Blago Ivanov survives the early threat, gets a late finish here when De Lima is just exhausted. And that's going to do it for the end of our first round. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with three more fights in that second round. All right, guys, just want to give you a little more word about Maroon Social. Look, they've got some of the coolest features. Download Maroon Social wherever it is you download apps because they can let you log every single competition you have. No matter what martial art you train, I personally am a jiu-jitsu guy. They can list all of your competitions all in one nice, neat little spot. I've got all of my competitions dating back five years right now on the jiu-jitsu scene. Who I beat, when I beat them, where I beat them, what I medaled in that tournament. It's like having your own Tapology account for your jiu-jitsu career a taekwondo career or sambo career whatever it is you do i suggest downloading maroon social so you can start your own today all right and we are back with round number two i'm gonna put another five minutes on the clock and we're gonna start this round by talking about francisco trinaldo versus danny hot chocolate roberts Trinaldo, four and one in his last five. Can you believe it? Four and one in his last five. He last won a split decision over Dwight the Body Snatcher Grant. Uh, Last time out, Danny Hot Chocolate Roberts is actually on a two-fight winning streak. He beat Ramazan Amiev by split decision back in October. So the real question for me here is, what do we make of Francisco Trinaldo as a welterweight? Because look, he's always an oversized lightweight, right? Dude who's super bulky, you know, has to cut way down to get to the lightweight limit. But he's really short and has really short limbs for being at the welterweight division. And Danny of Roberts is a guy who does a good job of using length and reach to his advantage. He's going to have a huge height advantage in this one. He's going to have a huge reach advantage in this one. So, you know, for Trinaldo, then we got to think about his game plan. How does he win this? Does he shoot, you know, try to throw the big bomb and try to get in on the inside? I think that's possible. Um, does he shoot a whole bunch of takedowns and go for that? That, I think, is less possible because Danny Roberts is a guy who who stuffed Ramazan Amiev a bunch of times, which for me gives me a lot of confidence in his takedown defense because I, I think pretty highly of of in his grappling. So so basically what this comes down to then is do you think Ronaldo can land the big punch because if you're counting out that other way of winning here – Uh, leaves him pretty much with just the big punch. And and I'm just going to say he doesn't hit it, right? Like, it's better safe than sorry pick here that, you know, you just say Trinaldo doesn't land the big punch and you automatically get a winner in Danny Roberts. Also, these odds are really close. Like, I I expected this to be pretty heavily in Danny Roberts' favor, but it's like a pickup pretty much. So, uh, yeah, I I really like Danny Roberts in this fight. I think he stays away from the takedown attempts. He stays away from that big punch. uh, And he just picks apart Trinaldo, probably en route to a unanimous decision. And that brings me to my second fight in this round, which is Tracy Cortez versus Melissa Gatto. Cortez, 3-0 in the UFC. She has beaten Vanessa Mello, Stephanie Ager, and Justine Kish, all of which are by decision. Kish was a maybe controversial split decision all the way back in March of 2021. That was her most recent fight. So we are talking about her being away for about 14 months. Gatto, meanwhile, 2-0 in the UFC. She's knocked out Victoria Leonardo and Sajara Eubanks in the UFC. The Sajara Eubanks one was a brutal body kick that crumbled the former uh, the former title challenger, was going to be a title challenger, whatever you want to call Sajara Eubanks. Uh, but both of them, undefeated in the UFC. So my question, if you're going to break this one down, is is really like, what is what do these two women do that is different from one another? Because for me... Both of them like to grapple a little bit and are both very physically imposing. Uh, Both of them trade pretty well on the feet. The big difference for me is Gatto's power, Uh, you know, because like Cortez is very physically strong. She kind of uses that bully mentality. We saw it a little bit against Melo. We definitely saw it against Kish. I don't think she's going to be able to bully Gatto because as I mentioned before, they're both very physically strong. I think you're going to get more of a stalemate there and on the feet. Do I think she could probably land more strikes? Sure, but I think Gatto is going to be the one landing the meaningful strikes, right? Like you can definitely see this as being one of those fights where somebody points to the stats and they're like, hey, look, Tracy Cortez actually outlanded her in every single round by 10 strikes. And you're like, yeah, but look at what the strikes were. And if the judges are looking at the appropriate criteria – It goes to the people who land the big bombs. And I think that's going to be Melissa Gatto here. So even if she doesn't get Tracy Cortez out, which by the way, I think there's a possibility she gets Tracy Cortez out. Even if she doesn't get Tracy Cortez out, I think she lands the more meaningful strikes, wins the decision here. So I'm going to go with the underdog Gatto. And that brings me to my last fight in the first round, which is Clayson Rodriguez versus CJ Vergara. Rodriguez, 7-1, making his debut. He beat Santo Curatolo. By unanimous decision on the Contender Series back in September. Vergara, meanwhile, lost his UFC debut to Ode Osborne after getting his contract on the Contender Series. Uh, that lost to Ode Osborne was by unanimous decision and was back in November. These are two guys who are gonna want to bang. Um I highly suggest not tuning into the prelims late and missing this one because look, it, they're gonna throw. Neither of these guys wanna grapple. Um Vergara won on the Contender Series with a nasty knee to the body over a guy who I, I was pretty high on in brutal Korea. Rodriguez just threw with Santo Corotolo, uh, which was a a really fun fight as well. I just think Rodriguez is faster, um, and really that's what this fight boils down to. Rodriguez is faster. Rodriguez is going to land more diverse strikes, and as long as Vergara doesn't land the big one, Rodriguez outpoints him uh, in route to a unanimous decision victory. And that's going to do it for the end of our third round, or second round, rather. We're going to be right back with the third round after a quick word from our sponsors. All right, guys, I just want to tell you one more thing I really love about Maroon Social, and that is the ability to keep track on your friends. Because, look, we've all had that training partner that we loved rolling with. We think it's like the coolest thing in the world that you find somebody who works so well with you, and then he moves, right? We all have to move for our jobs occasionally. He moves, and suddenly you've got no idea what he's doing in jiu-jitsu. You want to check in on him, but you're not sure how to. Well, guess what? Maroon Social, we don't have to be creepy on Facebook or Twitter and seeing what they're doing in training. You can just check on Maroon Social because if you and your friends are both training, you log into your training sessions. You can show people what you've been working on. You can comment. You can ask them questions. And then it's not weird. So keep track on your jiu-jitsu friends using Maroon Social. Download it wherever you download apps. All right. And we are back with round number three. I'm going to put the final five minutes on the clock. We're gonna start this round by talking about Ariane Carnelosi versus Lupi Godinez. Carnalosi lost by cut in her debut to Angela Hill, but since then has back-to-back finishes of Naliang and Estela Nunes, the latter of which was in October. Godinez, meanwhile, has alternated wins and losses in the UFC. She's two and two. And she last beat Loma Lukabume Bume by unanimous decision in November. Big question for me here, Carnalosi throws with absolute heat. So can Lu- Lupi Godinez either outpoint her or get her to the mat? That's the big question, and the question that I think will ultimately determine the match. It's crazy to me in this one that Lupi Godinez is such a large favorite. She's almost 2-1, to seeing her like negative 175, 180. I think she shouldn't be that large, but I'm still going to pick her to win here because I think she gets her down and controls enough to win this fight. But Cardinalosi is so powerful, so compact. That, like That knockout blow is right there all the time. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to go with Lupi Godinez. I think she gets the takedown. I think she works the, you know, enough control position, side control, maybe lands a couple of bombs, stays safe in the top game to win this fight. But I'm going to say we got to think about this one cautiously. So Lupi Godinez, by unanimous decision, is the pick. Uh, And that brings me to my next fight, which is Journey Newson versus Fernie Garcia. Newson, one and two in the UFC. He last beat Randy Costa by knockout in September of, or got beat by Randy Costa by knockout back in September of 2020. So we're talking about a year and a half off for him. Also, it's worth noting that his one win is not an official win because it got, Overturned for use of marijuana that was not allowed by the commission at the time. So he's technically 0 2 with one no contest, but really one and two. Uh, Fernie Garcia, meanwhile, 10 and one, making his debut. He knocked out Joshua Weems on Contender Series back in October. This one's real simple for me. I'm going with Fernie Garcia. I'm going with Fernie Garcia very easily because look, I love the way that Fernie Garcia punches. I think he's fast. I think he's powerful. I think he can turn your lights off even when he's backpedaling. As you guys know, I'm a huge fan of 47 MMA. I think the things that uh, that they're doing down there are, are churning out prospect after prospect, tough guy after tough guy. And the other thing I really like about what 47 MMA does is they give them a backdrop of wrestling, right? Like Fernie Garcia, if he is not getting it done with the hands, is going to be getting it done with the takedown. So Fernie Garcia here, I'm going to take him by knockout. Uh, and that's my official pick. Now, last fight of this fight card is Andre Fialdo versus Cameron Van Champ. Uh, Yellow 2-1 in the UFC. He knocked out Miguel Baeza just 21 days prior to this fight. So a quick turnaround for him. Van Camp 15-5-1 making his debut. He got a Daris Choke victory on B2 Fight Series 128. That fight was in last July. Here's the problem for me with Van Camp. Love the guy. Think he's got a kind of a fun future in the UFC here. But here's the problem. He's mostly just a grappler who needs to take you down and work on the mat. He's fighting Fialo, a guy who doesn't really give up takedowns and is pretty damn good on the mat himself. This is a terrible debut for Van Camp, And in addition to having his main offense sort of nullified, I also think he's going to get blasted on the feet. Fialo throws some absolute hammers in there. And I think he's going to throw some hammers right here, right now. Um, Early in this fight, I say he gets the TKO. And that's going to do it for the end of our third round. We gave you 10 fights in just a little bit over 15 minutes. I hope you guys learned something as well as enjoyed a breakdown that hopefully will make you guys uh, enjoy the fights a little bit more. Know some of these names and have a little bit more invested. Once again, you can follow me on Twitter at Gumby Vreeland. We'll be back next week with a special guest. And also remember to listen to the Top Turtle MMA podcast, which has Ray Cooper III and Brandon Royval on it this week. So make sure you tune into that. Until next week, I'm Daniel Gumby Vreeland, and I will catch you then.